listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. The Cardinal Health Counter-Talk podcast in collaboration with Pharmacy Podcast Network is for independent pharmacists to learn about the state of the industry, innovative services and solutions, and the future of pharmacy. Join me, your host, Jason Calori, for conversations with pharmacists, Cardinal Health leaders, and industry experts sharing best practices, discussing industry trends, and showcasing Cardinal Health products and services. You can subscribe to the Cardinal Health Counter-Talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's a big day at the Pharmacy Podcast Network and Nation. My listeners, I you know, you've been with us for 13 years now. We've been doing this. So, thank you so much for the support that you've given to our 40 plus hosts and our programs and our dedication to developing the best audio for our pharmacists, for our pharmacy technicians, to support our pharmacy owners, long-term care pharmacy, specialty compounding, and the coming of clinical trials and how it's gonna impact uh, drug development as well as patient engagement. So I'm excited when we get to work with a major player in the pharmacy industry and, and an organization that has supported community pharmacy forever, and I worked with this organization in long-term care when they helped to build out and care for and partner with long-term care pharmacies throughout the nation. Uh, the one and only organization is joining the Pharmacy Podcast Network is Cardinal Health. And this is our kickoff. This is what's known in podcasting as episode zero. So uh, everybody has to learn the lingo. And I'm welcoming the president of Pharmaceutical Distribution and Medicine Shop International, Debbie Weitzman, and um, the one and only Senior Advisor for Marketing Operations at Cardinal Health, has been with Cardinal Health for a long time, which is part of our discussion today. Jason Kalori, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation. We are so excited to welcome Cardinal Health. Good to be more excited to be a part of the, uh, the network, Todd. How are you? I am on fire. My my head's on fire today because I'm just so excited about this. So <laughs> welcome. Well, if your head's on fire. Don't get too close to anything. <laughs> yes, my mic is out of the way, so I'm not I'm not touching anything. <laughs> Debbie, is this your first podcast? This is my first podcast of this nature. Um, we actually do a lot of podcasts, some um, video casts um, to do internal communications with Cardinal Health employees. So very excited to have a little bit broader reach uh, through uh, Pharmacy Podcast Network. Absolutely. Yeah, Cardinal has been uh, special to, to working with me in my first part of my career in long-term care technology, we partnered with Cardinal in several um, pharmacy build-outs, brand new long-term care pharmacies, as well as the um, technology side where we'd start building in APIs to your inventory systems and helping long-term care pharmacies to understand their uh, projected uh, uh, needs for their for their customers and their, their patients. So it was a exciting way to kind of no cardinal on that side of it and then now uh since you're coming back to the the network um we are thrilled to have you 
Thanks. Um, you were really, uh, I guess, one of the forerunners of what's now become a really important part of our business in long-term care. We really appreciate all of our customers and suppliers and partners in, in that part of our business. They do such fantastic work for that population. You have a special place. And um, Jason, I want want to open up your background in 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 Cardinal and, and your your legacy in community pharmacy, the two of you together in one room talking about independent community pharmacy, that's, it's powerful. So I'm going to turn the show over to Jason, just so that you can introduce yourself and, and dig into a, a Debbie's background and tell our listeners uh, what Cardinal Health is planning for uh, 2022 and beyond through audio. Sure. Appreciate that. Um, well, Debbie, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank um, you. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I am Jason Calori, and today we're covering some important topics in the world of independent pharmacy with, as you know, none other than Debbie Weitzman, uh, President of Pharmaceutical Distribution and Medicine Shop International. She's responsible for distribution of thousands of pharmacies across the care continuum, from retail and hospital pharmacies to long-term care and community health center pharmacies as well. Um, to start off the show, Debbie, you know, I wanted to first lay out your recent experiences a bit uh, when it comes to independent pharmacy and what you're seeing in the market as it stands today. COVID-19 has obviously changed not only the landscape of our lives, but the landscape of healthcare services as a whole. What challenges and opportunities have you been seeing firsthand? Well, obviously, um, you know, we're not talking about COVID-19 as just sort of a discrete event anymore. Yeah. The pandemic has been here in our lives now for um, going on two years, about to start the third year. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's obviously changed us all forever. Um, there's no going back the genies out of the bottle, so to speak, on a lot of changes in all of our lives. Um, you know, during the early days of the um, pandemic crisis, when there was so many unknowns, I mean, pharmacies throughout the nation and throughout the world, they really stepped up. But, you know, particularly independent pharmacies, they never closed their doors. They figured it out. They um, adapted almost on a daily, weekly basis to whatever um, challenges came their way. And as you know, as we go now into what people are starting to hope is more endemic phase. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really become the new way to operate uh, with a lot of safety protocols in place with a lot more um, flexibility for patient needs, whether that's home delivery, curbside pickup, um, touchless service. Um, and obviously, you know, the big um, heroic um, industry-wide event, which is that, you know, pharmacies have really been the face of the vaccination program in our country. And, you know, literally millions of people have been in pharmacies getting jabbed. And it's been a, you know, a bit of a distraction for pharmacists to have to pivot and staff for that and prepare for that. And, you know, sometimes rearrange the furniture, so to speak, to accommodate that. But, you know, they they just got it done and continue to get it done now with boosters and with younger children coming online um, with vaccinations. And, I, I, you know, it's obviously been life saving and critical work that they've done. And I think it's changed forever kind of the image of what a pharmacy can do, um, not only in the eyes of patients everywhere, but but really the government too. the government's fully embraced the existing network that, you know, exists in our country, the, the footprint of pharmacies and pretty much every American lives within five minutes of a pharmacy. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so um, that's a really critical resource for the country to do these kind of um, healthcare responses. Yeah, seeing the pharmacists being able to, and we've always talked about this, how pharmacists are able to shift their models and adapt very quickly. And with what's going on in today's today's world, it's it, it was really interesting to kind of see them. I don't want to say forced to do it, but they were able to do it. They saw an opportunity. They shifted the mindset. And we've talked for years about you know them practicing at the top of their license and being able to get into these uh, different types of you know services and, and collaborations with not only physicians within their community, but just uh, connecting with their with their uh, customers a little bit more and their patients. Has COVID, you think, accelerated that mindset just overall? Yeah, I absolutely think it has accelerated. I mean, there's just been fantastic work done from all the different industry groups that support pharmacy, um, kind of banding together for years and years now to try to get this message out there, mm-hmm. um, whether it's to health insurance or directly to patients or to the you know government sponsors. Um, and, and it's just, you know, come so quickly to light that, yes, this is a resource that we need to take advantage of. So I think, you know, you've seen, of course, some, you know, federal directives that have given empowered pharmacies to respond to the pandemic, but now you're seeing a lot faster uptake at the state level to empower pharmacists, um, to be able to do more provider services And, you know, we're still working hard with a lot of different industry groups to make sure that pharmacists are fairly paid for that work. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the industry themselves and the pharmacies themselves kind of banded together to to keep pushing that message. Um, And some of that's at the state level, some of that's at the federal level. But um, I think you um, have a lot more channels now. Um, realizing uh, what pharmacists and pharmacies can do, um, including drug manufacturers who have more and more requirements all the time Mm -hmm. um, to get their patients onboarded to their drugs. We now have a lot of revenue generating opportunities for pharmacists to do that work at the patient level. Um, And you got a lot of really creative partnerships going on between payers and pharmacies around um, special programs. Uh, You know, we've had, you know, for a long time, we've had all the kind of traditional CMRs and med syncs and that sort of thing. But now, you know, we're really going beyond that and creating customized programs um, to target very specific patient populations. And without the creativity and agility of pharmacies, um, we wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, the, the beautiful thing about it is to see, you know, the independent pharmacies not being cookie cutter. Each each one adapts to each of their communities in a very specific way. And I, I love the the um, how there's you have different spotlights now that are on a pharmacist. Used to used to be just like, you know, one or two. We had the ones that just dispensed, they did some other, you know, services for the community. Now there's about a hundred spotlights on them because they could do so many things now. And I think COVID helped enhance that. Um, but you being kind of out there and, and talking to some of the far, is there a story that sticks out to you? The, a pharmacy that really kind of went above and beyond and, and did something that, you know, really kind of wowed you? There's so many of those stories. It's hard to pick one. Um, we do have a, you know, a few of the early adopters that um, mm-hmm. partnered with their local state jurisdiction to get access to vaccinations and, you know, they were doing it at a time where it was kind of risky because there was so much sickness still going around. Um, and, you know, they set up things um, to, to do scheduling, for example, when those early in those early days when vaccines were really hard to come by. 
uh, pharmacies were just getting overwhelmed and it was really hard for them to have the resources to be administering vaccines and then at the same time answering the phone and taking appointments and yeah. responding to people. I know we helped push out a scheduling tool. Um, it's the fastest rollout we've ever done of one of our services. We had over a thousand pharmacies sign up to um, get our scheduling tool. That made it easy for patients to just do online scheduling of their vaccine of their vaccine appointments and then took the um, burden off of the the administrative burden off of the pharmacy so that they could get all those appointments scheduled self-service with patients logging on, which obviously that digital capability is something that most patients, most humans are used to taking care of themselves <laughs> these days on an app or on a, on a yeah. computer. I mean, how do you see pharmacists embracing these new models of care that you're seeing out there? You're seeing collaboration with these social workers, which you had mentioned earlier, some other physicians, drug therapy agreements, nutritionists. How do you see this evolving uh, in, in the next couple of years and what Cardinal's doing to kind of help advance that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the answer to that question um, is kind of a broader theme uh, around just um, personalization. Um, people are expecting personalization now. It used to be that we were all marching towards kind of a cookie cutter scale and you know, everything mm -hmm. was scale. And, you know, the uh, big chains are phenomenal at doing things at scale. Um, even chains are um, customizing things for specific local markets. So pretty much the entire industry realizes now that um, patients want different things. Um, and there's kind of an intersection between the COVID phenomenon and the personalization um, trend. And that is that traffic patterns and where people are looking for services have changed a lot because everybody used to have a very traditional commute from let's say the suburbs into the city or you know from point a to point b for their for their work and now nobody's going to the office or people are going only one or two days a week so there's a whole um, flexibility in where people are um, locating and it's not always like go to the pharmacy after work <laughs> or go, you know, on my way to work. It's just they, you know, they want it closer to home or they want it digital. Mm -hmm. So everybody's looking for um, niches. Um, independent pharmacies are particularly good at that, whether it's setting up, a, um, you know, a jewelry counter or a, a gift shop or something like, um, you know, uh, services for diabetic around shoe care, foot care. Um, every time you go to an independent pharmacy, you find some, you know, creative approach. Um, I, I recently was um, in California visiting some customers and they had a really impressive selection of the um, lifting type of chairs that um, elderly people may need. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, it, it literally looked like a furniture store. I'm like, you know, you got the space. Good for you. This is amazing. And those are really hard to get right now. So they were flying out of the store. Um, so whatever the, um, you know, whether it's a clinical focus or whether it's, um, you know, some sort of other business venture within the pharmacy, um, I think that, you know, pharmacists are creating a personalized experience to address the needs of their patient population. Yeah, yeah I, I started my career in 1999 at Kinray. And, you know, I worked there for about 14 years before, you know, moving here to Ohio and, and uh, you know, joining the team here. And the amazing thing that I always remembered from working from my time at Kinray and working around and uh, walking around New York City, I mean, you can go from one pharmacist from one block, go three blocks over, and it's a completely different experience. And when you talk about those niche services and, and, and offerings, 
I, I distinctly remember this one walking in and they had, it was like an entire toy store in the front, which is something that I'd never really seen in a, a pharmacy because basically they were in an area where it was very, like, a lot of young professionals, people having kids. So they kind of built this whole toy store right in, right in the front. And it was in the front of the store, it was front and center. He walked in and what was interesting is like three stores over, I went over there, and then in the front of their store was like as seen on TV gadgets. <laughs> so you gotta have an angle. You gotta have an angle. So to so to find all these all these niche services and uh, and and how these pharmacists adapt to their surrounding communities and and what they're doing, I really think it's amazing. the The thing that I noticed too in pharmacy, especially during COVID, was the use of social media, and you know you never really kind of put social media and independent pharmacists together but man they using it uh, using it to connect with their patients um, how do you see these new technologies kind of moving forward I mean you have the stuff behind the counter you have workflow technologies you have billing technologies online scheduling as you mentioned but without these you know utilizing these emerging technologies how how has, how has been forced to develop and integrate them into their daily workflow? How do you see these technologies evolving for independence? Yeah, well, I think um, digital is a really critical part of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, there is for sure a large part of our population, kind of boomers, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. who are not digital natives. It's not innate to them. And they're not doing it for every single part of their life, but um, they're still getting a lot of information off of social media. Um, you know, the number, I think the highest user group on Facebook is like 55 plus yep. um, younger have moved on to different platforms. So you, you really need to be sort of omnipresent and omni-channel. And, you know, one thing that we've developed uh, for retail independence is the ability to have a shopping experience for their patients. So it's, it's pretty hard to, you know, run an online business when you're trying to run a brick and mortar store. Um, so we kind of develop the tools to do that for them. And, um, also when you have so many digital shopping opportunities where you have almost infinite access to Mm -hmm. products, it's hard to just, um, run a digital shop out of a small footprint of an independent pharmacy. So what our tool does is lets the patient shop the store, but they're really shopping our warehouse. And that way it really extends the reach from, you know, a couple of thousand front end SKUs to the 20,000 SKUs that we keep in our warehouse. Um, and it creates an experience for the patient that they're, they're shopping their favorite local store, but we are kind of powering that behind the scenes for them. Um, and if, you know, if it's not our tool, it needs to be another tool because this is what patients are expecting. Patients of all ages, they want to have a local personal relationship with their pharmacist. That's clear, but they also want the convenience of online shopping. And if pharmacies are, um, you know, going to avoid losing those sales to other channels, then they're going to have to have those kind of solutions um, for shopping as well as for clinical services, because I mean, if you're following the digital health space right now, um, every year in the last three years has been a record year for investment funding in digital healthcare. Um, and 2021, um, there was over $20 million deployed in healthcare startups all in the digital space. So this is an area where people are chasing patients and trying to connect with them. And these are really disruptive models. Um, But I think that um, pharmacy has a real opportunity to participate and be an enabler for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And they won't necessarily be bypassed as long as they continue connecting with their patients and keeping those relationships. Because at the end of the day, 
um, especially the aging population and, you know, the people who are sort of complicated, uh, clinically speaking, they need to have that relationship with their provider. And there's no closer, easier, accessible resource than the pharmacist. Yeah, when you're talking about keeping that relationship, especially when people are trying out of time, trying to stay home, you know, how do you see the telepharm type of, of access, you know, working? Is that, it was one of those things that, you know, we, we saw, you know, we have a service for it. Uh, we have telepharm and using that virtual, that virtual space to, to connect with your pharmacist. You know, I feel like people wanted to use it, but now more so, you know, how do you see that growing, uh, especially in today's market? Yeah, well, we offer a, a you know, a great telepharm solution, which is a kind of a labor extender um, in the states where the state pharmacy boards allow us to um, implement telepharm. It's a fantastic solution to be able to um, extend the reach of your pharmacist, whether it's to um, balance the labor load or whether it's um, to be able to open perhaps in a rural or underserved area, which would not ordinarily generate enough business to justify putting a full pharmacist in place. So I think um, that becomes even more critical as we see people kind of um, going more to, to the home instead of like doing these commutes to, to urban areas as talked about before. Um, and the other thing is that, you know, when, when we say telefarm, you know, you know, in Cardinal health, we're talking about our solution, which is telefarm, but <laughs> a lot of people just think just telehealth in general. Telehealth. And there is a really interesting intersection between, um, telehealth and the pharmacy. And, you know, some, some of the chains, um, are doing a fantastic job sort of doubling down, bringing medical services on premise or connecting them through, you know, a telehealth experience. And that's a little harder for um, small chains or independents to pull off just because of the cost and sometimes the space uh, um, limitations. But um, we're um, in pilot phase right now to be able to um, connect the pharmacy um, and facilitate a patient engagement with a telehealth experience. Um, there's many telehealth providers to choose from. It's really a question of having kind of the mechanics and the administrative capability to connect everything and do the proper billing and so forth. But it's a real um, um, advantage for a pharmacy to have a relationship like that and have access to that just to um, give a more well-rounded experience to the patient. Patients want convenience these days, and that's a really great way to do it. And then if you think beyond um, just telehealth, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, again, digital opportunities where the pharmacies can connect with their patients um, in informal ways or um, through sophisticated ways that, you know, we can help um, facilitate. And um, the key is that these are, you know, revenue, revenue generating engagements. I mean, in the old days, the fee for service world and reimbursement was in a different place than it is today. You know, yeah. pharmacies, pharmacies and pharmacists kind of gave away those services, right? Free advice, free phone calls, stop by somebody's house, um, you know, nobody can afford to do that anymore. So we need to do it with technology. And that's, I think, where these different solutions come in pl into play. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned, it's it's just great to see the independent pharmacists kind of embracing these technologies and, and being able to connect with their patients in different ways, because that's really, like you said, that's that's what the patient wants yeah. uh, more than anything is to be able to have that that connection, because it's just... Yeah, I mean, just from my experience through, you know, over the years with uh, independent pharmacies, I think that's what resonates with me all the time. It's the, when I see the patient connecting with the pharmacist and that relationship that they've built over the years, it's, you know, I, I feel like in any sort of way that you can keep that, whether it be through technology or expanded services, you know, 
pharmacists are, are always independent pharmacists are always best in the position to make that happen. Um, you had mentioned something uh, prior when you were talking about telepharm and and um, labor and the labor shortage right now is really affecting not only you know the entire country but you know especially pharmacists in general. What are, what are you seeing as far as the labor shortage and what it's doing to pharmacists and how they're a little how they're adapting um, to you know being able to keep their pharmacists up and running and the services that we've laid out. Yeah, it's really a. It's an unprecedented time. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, where are the people? Where are, yeah, they, where all? are they? Where are they going? <laughs> have you been in a store or a garage or a gas station or a supermarket? Or have you been anywhere lately where there was not a help wanted sign outside? No, not. I mean, I went to a, I, I passed the Taco Bell the other day and there was a sign outside that said free jobs. <laughs> like, like free tacos free jobs free tacos free jobs come come on in and we'll we'll hire you like right now yes i mean it's it's an incredible challenge everybody's had to evolve and adapt we've changed some of our hiring practices to be faster to be more agile yep um you know to move people through processes faster because um you know nobody wants to apply for a job and then like here two weeks later anymore they'll just go next door and get the job on the spot at that place. So um, hiring practices really have to change for pharmacies. It's a huge challenge. You need, you know, front end of the store, you need um, farm techs, you need pharmacists. And, um, um, you know, probably 15 years ago, we were in a real shortage on, on pharmacists and then kind of pendulum swung a bit. I think we're going back to shortage. There's a lot of um, people who've, you know, decided, um, with the experience that we've all lived through for the last two years, they've decided they, um, you know, want to retire earlier. We're seeing it even in Cardinal Health, people mm-hmm. taking a little bit of earlier retirement who maybe they thought they had two, three, four years left. They're just like, I'm done. Um, <laughs> and um, I think like really people need to change their practices with their employees. I mean, you really need to wrap your arms around your employees, make sure they're happy. Everybody's got to take a new um, stance on flexibility, flexible schedules, flexible shifts, um, you know, part-time, partial-time, job share, you name it. You know, you got to be creative and flexible. Um, Perhaps, you know, partner with local farm tech programs and capture kids with small scholarships, you know, whatever practice, you know, whatever tech tactics you need to mm-hmm. really grab labor um, because it, you know, it, it, it's a problem and more work is coming, um, coming our way in the pharmacy um, we've been fighting for, and we're finally getting um, more provider status for pharmacies. They have lots of opportunities for revenue generating um, activities. Uh, the vaccine was an excellent example of that, that, you know, really was, you know, well compensated for the time that pharmacies had to put into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we don't want to say no to anything, right? Like throw more work our way. But again, there need to be people to execute on that. So I think that pharmacies really need to be forward looking and um, kind of always have a pipeline of talent, whether they're grooming students um, by letting them do their, um, you know, internships and things like that um, during pharmacy school. Um, everybody's need everybody's going to need a strategy to hang on to their talent. Yeah, I, I think that forward-thinking pipeline that you mentioned is is it's it's a it's a unique it's a unique uh, situation to be in. Um, you had mentioned a little bit. You you kind of touched on, um, uh, man, what's the word? Uh, you kind of touched on some of the stuff happening within, uh, you know, when it comes to the the legal things that, that are changing and are shifting as, as far as provider status and all that happening within the pharmacy. Is there anything that you can kind of provide as far as an update, what you're seeing, you know, legally from a state, uh, state to just city levels across the country when it comes to uh, independent? 
Um, I think it's, well, it's, it's not independence per se. It's really pharmacy across the board. Um, you know, great work's being done by NCPA, NACDS, um, you know, other industry groups to, to lobby for that. Um, of course, the holy grail would be to get everything kind of done across the country at a federal level. But mm-hmm. I think there's great work being done also at the state level. Um, a lot of a lot of the listeners to this podcast, I'm sure, are involved at the state level um, because it really does take kind of a grassroots effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't um, I think, you know, I've seen the industry banding together on a number of issues. Um, more than ever before. And I think that's great because, yeah, um, yes, every pharmacy competes with every other pharmacy, but they can band together as a profession to kind of advocate holistically because, you know, all ships rise, so to speak, when yep. the tide is up. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really happy to see that going on because that that's what it takes to have, you know, one voice. I mean, there's um, between all the different types of pharmacy, there's, you know, over 80,000 pharmacies in the United States. Um, and that's a, that's a strong voice. And that's, a, you know, collectively, that is an enormous employer um, and, you know, and a loud voice, a lot of voters, uh, both at the local level and the federal level. So, <laughs> yes, that's very true. Um, you know, not to get political, but, you know, some of these things are um, political. And then some of them are at the state pharmacy board level, which also has fantastic rep- representation from within the ranks, so to speak. So, it's kind of in our hands now to, to get it done. You know, things that we've been kind of asking for and lobbying for, like this is, I think a catalyst moment. Yeah. And I think it's a great opportunity now just because of what we've talked about throughout this podcast and how pharmacists now the spotlights on them and how they're just advancing and helping care within the communities, keeping people out of hospitals um, and trying to just, you know, better the health of, you know, all the entire country from a grassroots level, as you said, into uh, and bringing that right into their pharmacy. I yeah. love I love how they're all just coming together and just doing it and making it happen and keeping everyone as safe and healthy as they can. Um, it's really amazing. Uh, Debbie, I really want to thank you for your time for my pleasure coming in and chatting with us. Uh, the first episode, episode zero, zero. as we had called it. Um, it was really great to get your perspective as to what's, you know, I definitely learned a lot as to what's going on out there. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Uh, well done. Thank you so much for episode zero, uh, Debbie. This was special for you to be able to kick this off with us. Really appreciate your insights. Thank you. Nice to be here. I do want to give a shout out to our listeners and our pharmacy owners out there, and especially what you're going through with this pandemic, my heart goes out to you. You're our, you really are our heroes. If there's anything that our network can do for you and in helping you in some way get some messaging out or some fundraising or something that you're doing in your pharmacy, just please reach out to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Um, we love working with community pharmacies. Hey, don't forget RBC, the Retail Business Conference, the one of the best conferences um, in in pharmacy for uh, pharmacy owners. It's in Las Vegas on July 13th through 16th. It's in Las Vegas so far. We're going to play it by ear. Um, as as far as I know, it's it's on, <laughs> and and I'm excited because I I want to see people. <laughs> but um, fingers crossed. As of right now, it is it is a go and. The, the kids network that you guys put together is just incredible for families that, that are pharmacy families, I say. And and um, and I've 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 enjoyed being part of RBCs in the past and we'll definitely be there in July as long as everything goes all right. <laughs> yeah, so as someone that works on the team directly connected with planning RBC uh, throughout the year, I could tell you we have a lot of great stuff coming uh, in Vegas this year. So really look forward to seeing everybody. 
I am excited. Yeah. See you in Vegas, baby. That's right. Vegas, baby. <laughs> See you in Vegas, baby.